Good morning. Good morning. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. O God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways, and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith, to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the third Sunday in Lent is from Exodus chapter 20. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I am the Lord your God, I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord God blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards, not many were powerful, not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring nothing things that are, so that no human might be boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom and our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And the gospel for Sunday is from John chapter 2. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, Take these things away. 
Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume me. So the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then uh, The Jews then said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, we see that Jesus is zealous for his house, for his father's house. And he is just as zealous for his house today as he was for the temple. We are his house, made the place of his dwelling uh, through our baptism into Christ. And um, during Lent, our Lord, uh, we are focused on how our Lord... uh, does a little Lenten overturning the tables of our hearts and um, how he uh, drives out the beasts within us, right? The, the beasts that have settled in and made themselves at home in us. The Ten Commandments identify those beasts, if you will, the, the, the wrong teaching. The, uh, the Ten Commandments identify how we... Uh, fall short of the glory of God so that there's nothing that we can do to save ourselves. The big thing going on here in the temple is they've made it a house of trade. So it's all horizontal. It's between us. I do something for you. You do something for me. And there's this old Adam way of looking at God that way. If I do something for God, then he'll do something for me. And that's not how it is at all. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's total and utter gift, gift of God. And I think about it in terms of, you know, it's his father's house, right? The zeal uh, for his house will consume, will consume me. Um, you're a dad. I'm a dad. You are too. Um, I'm an empty nester now we, at our house, and, and you're almost there. Um, Maybe someday. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, we've done a lot for our children, right? And, um, but there's never been a thought to, to charge them for the 18 years that, you know, we put in for that, right? Look at all of the stuff we've done for you. Now, do you send them a bill? And the answer is no. With six kids, you, you, I know, you can go rich, off man, and go right? on. <laughs> they say it's like 250000 wow. uh, yeah. per child now these days. Um, because it's not a house of trade. It's not of, well, you didn't do it for 250, that. 250000 per year, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> you live you live high on the hog, um, but um, you know the because it's always been a labor of love. There's never a thought to that. In the same way, with with God um, providing for every need of both body and soul, even though we waste what He gives us and and uh, we fail to follow the commands that He has given us, um, He just lavishes more gifts on us. Uh, gives us his son, Jesus Christ, who uh, cleans out the sin and death in us and replaces replaces it with his goodness, Uh, does the house cleaning, if you will, so that we are made right in God's eyes. 
but it's all gift. Um, he charges nothing for it. And the fact that those, the money changers are there, that they're selling pigeons and, um, you know, that, that just teaches something different about God's house. It's not a place of buying and selling. And that's why it's, it's, it's always interesting to me that sometimes people who don't go say, well, all the church wants is your money. Well, no, um, our Lord can do just fine without it. Um, what he wants is you. He is a, a zeal for you. So he stops at nothing to not only identify what's wrong within us, but then to get rid of it, to, to cast it out, that we might be right with God and one another through the forgiveness of sins. So this is kind of where I'm going with it. Yeah, Paul picks up on that too, right, in 1 Corinthians, where he talks about the cross as being, it's totally foolishness to the world, right? Mm -hmm. um, and he, he kind of, Paul throws out, so where are you wise people, you know? <laughs> where, where are you discerners and the debaters of this age? And God has made foolish the wisdom of this world. And uh, it's God's economy, we could say in other words, is completely upside down. Right. right? It's all grace. It's all grace. And even though we, um, uh, you know, he he takes the debt of our sin. He, right. he just, all of it, every last He destroys it. it, and then he creates in us new and clean hearts. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and um, you know, you, you think about how... Um, I think you were mentioning earlier this week, I, if you want to talk about the, the animal bit about this, what, what he was actually up to. That was fascinating when you brought that up. With the, uh, the beasts? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, well, um, that was actually... Um, uh, it was a commentary you were looking at. Well, right? it was Pastor Kuhlman. He oh, brought that okay. up. Yeah. He brought up with, with the beasts and, and, and you mean in the temptation? Yeah, with the beasts that, that Jesus was getting rid of the, these these animals because he was the final sacrifice. Right, and and the, and you think about right, and 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 how in the end, you know, the the lion lays down with the lamb yeah. and so forth, and our um, but our Lord reconciles all of that. But I was thinking in, in terms of now the the beasts in the temple, but there's the beasts within us that right. actually seek to just devour us. Mm -hmm. And you know the your devil uh, roams around like a uh, like a lion, a, yeah, a, a lion seeking to devour us. Seeking to devour us. Right. And notice Jesus is consumed with getting rid of him. Right. Well, and he does that with Peter too when he says, "Get behind me, Satan." So whenever. Satan is getting in the way. It's mm -hmm. actually an exorcism, right? Get yeah. behind me, Satan, because you're not focusing on the things of God, but the things of men. Yeah. And that's what he's doing in the temple. It's like, get rid of this because this is satanic. And he's he's consumed with getting that done. I mean, taking out a whip, right? But then you, you flip it. And what was done to him? He was whipped, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, um, and, um, you know, the, uh, the, the penalty that was due us, I mean, really God, should get rid of us, could, should clean us out of his presence. But instead, he, uh, he um, takes the pain, the sin, the death into himself and buries it and rises victorious over it. And then there's another irony of ironies. We consume him, mm. right? Mm -hmm. um, this is my body. This is my blood. And we consume the righteousness of God, the, the goodness of God. Uh, Christ is with us and for us. And notice how in holy baptism, he promised to dwell with us, to live with us forever. We are his church because he has taken up residence with us and promised never to leave us, never to forsake us. 
And so, um, you know, when we come to church each week, what does he, what does he do? He, he cleans house. He uh, gets rid of that, which is um, bringing us down and hurting us and, and, and causing us to hurt one another. Gets rid of those, the, the beasts, if you will, um, that seek to consume us and others. So um, there's uh, this zealous, he's zealous for his house that, you know, it's kind of like a, um, a love of a husband for his wife. Right, um, the, the zeal, you know, the I'll do anything for her. He does anything for his bride, the church. So the um, the hymn of the uh, the uh, hymn of the week or the uh, uh, for the day is eight twenty four. May God bestow on on us His grace. And again, that emphasizes it's not what we do; it's everything He does, grace upon grace. Um, and how about we sing the, the first two verses, 824, right? Which, ver uh, verses one and two of 824. Okay. Yeah. May God bestow on us his grace with blessings rich provide us. And may the brightness of his face to life eternal guide us. That we his saving health may know, his gracious will and pleasure, and also to the nation show Christ's riches without measure, and unto God convert them. Thine over all shall be the praise and thanks of every nation. And all the world with joy shall raise the voice of exultation. For thou shalt judge the earth, O Lord, nor suffer sin to flourish. Thy people's pasture is thy word, their souls to feed and nourish, in righteous paths to keep them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. See you Sunday.